the San Jose Barracuda fall to the Bakersfield Condors by a 3-2 score in overtime. Overtime continues to punish the Barracuda. And we are going to break it down right now on Tilted Glasses. We're on a special Barracuda After Dark. But as always, if you want to be part of the show, be sure to hit us up on the YouTube chat, the Venmo and all that fun stuff. You know the drill by now. Hit the like button. Hit subscribe if you're not subscribed already. Leave comments. Do all the YouTube things. It makes us happy. makes you happy. It's great. And uh, yeah, so let's get this going. Uh, tonight, it is me and Jules uh, back to break down some more Barracuda action. Barracuda, I, you know what? All things considered, I don't think this was a terrible game. I was pleasantly surprised after I saw the lineup this morning. <laughs> yeah. So, very like they're out Bordalo, Gushkin, who else? Like their their entire lineup it feels like right now. I mean, lovingly put everyone who's playing in a top 6 role was should some of them should not be playing in top 6 roles. You're not <laughs> for this team. Yeah, you're you're not wrong there at all. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it It was uh, it was an interesting game tonight. Um, obviously, uh, Barracuda with a little bit of a depleted lineup tonight, um, you know, uh, going through some of the missing names, the notable missing names. Uh, Bordalo didn't make the trip. Apparently, there is an illness that is going around the uh, Barracuda dressing room. Uh, Bordalo apparently claimed by that maybe Mac and Yemi as well um injuries obviously are still a thing as well uh Daniel Gushkin Wise Black Corona um they were all um they're all still injured and out notable injuries they had some notable people come back into the lineup tonight uh Brandon Coe comes back into the lineup and not prominent yeah Sorry. well got an assist I mean he's still I I know that with like obviously it's a situation where Obviously, I think we want more out of him, but I still think he's a name that people are still going to ask about, right? No, I feel like I may be a person alone here. I feel like he needs a change of scenery. I don't think San Jose is... I don't think Greer is is the type of guy that's going to keep him number one and number two. I just feel like he needs a change of scenery as a player. I feel like maybe somewhere else he'll excel, if that makes more sense. Yeah, but no, I don't no, know. I, this not. isn't a kosha, but yeah, that's my thought on Brandon Co. So the I don't have the YouTube up. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was like it was an interesting game tonight. Obviously, um, the Bakersfield Condors kind of opened the scoring uh, a little bit. Scary situation there, I think. With the um, you know the Barracuda, I don't think they got off to a particularly good start. I don't think I think it was a long time before they actually <laughs> kind of woke up. I, I feel like the yeah. the Bakersfield when they had scored, they were out shooting the the Barracuda six nothing at that point. Um, you know, Lavois scores uh, gets an assist from Lane Pedersen and uh, Drake Kajula, I think. Yeah, Kajula. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean. I didn't really. What did you think on this one? Because I didn't really have much of a problem with it. I thought the Barracuda were playing pretty flat-footed at this point. I didn't. I don't really have an issue with the goal overall. Like, I mean, if you keep taking eight hundred penalties, you're you're gonna get scored on. Like, you can't put Romanov in that situation. And Romanov, I will say, is a goalie to start by allowing in a few goals and then settling in. 
Yeah. That's a trend I've noticed with him. So put it like I didn't have a problem with that goal. I kind of expected it because of all the momentum on the Condor side. Yeah. Uh, Lindblom, uh, Oscar Lindblom, uh, who I think has been really good, like as the uh, as of late. Um, he was pretty good before. I thought he was kind of finding his game a little bit before the the All Star game. An injury or like a really bad? Or is that last year that he was? I know he was out sometime with an injury, and then his game. I feel like up everyone's again. been injured at some point That's this so year bad. for the Barracuda. It's hard to keep wrong. track. You're not wrong. Um, I think he did have a little bit of injury trouble earlier this season. I'm trying to remember it. I'm trying to remember, like again, it's been it so might have been hard. last year. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> With the way that people have come in and out of the lineup on this Barracuda team, and even on the Sharks and the call-ups and everything else, I feel like yeah, I feel like he got called up. He went down. He was injured, um, and then he was out for a little bit. But I feel like yeah. as of late, he's been pretty good for the Barracuda. Um, Brandon Coe nice and uh, Nijov get uh, the assists on this goal. I thought it was a really nice goal too. Like the, just the no, silly angle nice of it. Goal. Like that silly angle was like ridiculous. Yeah. And hopefully that sparks Limbaum because I'm a huge Limbaum fan. Like I want that guy to succeed. So hopefully maybe hitting the back of the net a few games in a row. Yeah. You know, can spark him up a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree completely. Um, he, I, look, Limbaum's an easy guy to cheer for. Uh, Absolutely. And it kind of, you know, I don't think it's worked out for him in San Jose. Obviously, it hasn't worked out for him. He's down playing with the Barracuda. Uh, but he's still a guy like, you know, you just want nice things for. I just, you know, it's unfortunate that it didn't work out. No, yeah, for sure. Um, so second, after the first period, you know, it was pretty, Bakersfield had kind of held the, uh, was basically the better team the first period i thought they outshot the the barracuda eight six um and it was you know other than the lindblom goal it didn't seem like it seemed like it was going to be a long night at this point i didn't think the it didn't look like it was going to be a good show um at all <laughs> at this no a hundred percent i mean they started so flat-footed like how yeah. could you think it was going to go well like honestly i was expecting like a six nothing loss not gonna lie yeah when they started but also here's the thing the consistency with this team is just non-existent Mm -hmm. like they could be so much better if they just had consistency and i know that's easier said than done but like who have we blamed the coach yes (laughs) yep absolutely um yeah yeah uh you know, uh, in the chat there, racist fan rock saying uh, Olivier Rodrigue stole that game. And he did. Oh, um, absolutely. A hundred percent. He was amazing. Kind of getting into that right now. Cause I think the, the, after the second period, I thought San Jose really took over this game. Uh, they played a lot of time in the Barracuda zone. It sucks because what I'm going to tell you happened next was Bakersfield took a two, one lead. Um, even though that they, you know, I think Bakersfield had five shots on goal in that entire period. And, you know, one of them goes in. And again, it wasn't really a goal I had a lot of problem with, at least from, from Romanov's perspective. It hits him high. Uh, he comes out to play the shot. It hits him high. Uh, he, You know, it's hard, to, it's hard to control rebounds when pucks are bouncing off of your shoulders. So I can't really be like, oh, he didn't control the rebound good enough. I, I think it was an issue where his defenseman kind of failed him because he took the shot looked like it hit him in the shoulder and then it kind of falls beside him and he just can't recover 
Um, and I think it was Frisch just couldn't get there in time. I feel like, wasn't it an own goal by Frisch? I thought I saw the replay. Replay might have Frisch was trying to get it out, and I feel like he was the one who actually tipped it. In, or no. No, I think he just, I don't. Because on don't, the replay the first time, it looked like he literally tipped it into his own goal. <laughs> no, I, like, I don't okay. think so. I feel like that they, I, I feel like Ernie did get the possession okay. of the puck. Maybe I'm just checking maybe he poked I, it before it went over. I don't, I, I just, I think it was just a puck loss that fresh lost that's the way i yeah. saw it i'd have to go back and look again now that you're mentioning that but i i, I, I thought feel frisch like had a rough way... game yeah frisch had a rough game yeah i, don't I feel like it was a situation that. where they he just lost the lost the the puck oh yeah no probably i may i may have also just saw that replay completely wrong but yeah um yeah i don't frisch did have a rough game uh i don't blame him yeah, I, it, it's interesting, right? Obviously, I think a lot of guys are going to have to play different uh, situations here. Um, Ethan Frisch playing with Nijov. Uh, I, I thought the pairings were fun. Like, the pairings were interesting, right? Obviously, we're going to talk more about Gavanke <laughs> after the after we break down the game. As here. you tweeted, Shakir Mukhamadulin went from Gavanke to Guriev. <laughs> yeah, not, not, not great. No, no, not at all. Um, huh. So I, obviously that kind of messes with the pairs a little bit. Um, Gannon Larock was didn't get, he was healthy, but he was the he was a healthy scratch this Stop game. Healthy <laughs> scratching Gannon fucking Larock. I, I swear to God, McCarthy. That's the most. I thought he was ill. I did not process he was a healthy scratch. But stop fucking scratching him, please. <laughs> yeah, I mean, give me pebble season. That's what I want to. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's a situation where, you know, it's wondering, like, it's hard because, like, you, I don't know, man, but, like, I know Pooley has kind of been a little bit better since we we had our show, um, but I've, I don't know, man. Again, it's, it's hard, right, because I know that you have to, I don't know. I don't, see, I don't know what John McCarthy's doing sometimes, right? And I, I, I find myself, like... I don't know, like, what is wrong with me? Because I, I find myself trying to, like... I don't know if I'm defending him, but I, I I think I just want to try and make it make sense in my own mind. I can't explain scratching Gannon LaRock. Oh, also Jerry comes in here with the super chat. Yeah. Uh, Jerry coming in with the uh, $2 super chat says, thanks for the great CUDA coverage. Yeah, thank you for, for being thank here and uh, for hanging listening. out with us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I don't understand why you're scratching LaRock and still playing Guriev, or like maybe instead of playing like Pooley, switch him out for Larock once in a while. Yeah, like, I don't know. Put Larock with Mukamadulin. I don't know. If, pair. I don't know if they're the same. That was the, the hands would work. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I don't know. If, I, I think Larock is right-handed. Um, but like, don't quote me on that. But like, Larock and Mukamadulin are two giants that have good mobility good defense they can get the puck up the ice like why not try that you lost Gavanke you may yeah. as well try something the season's kind of over give the fans <laughs> something it is kind of over um I mean yeah it's you're not wrong uh in the third period though as we bury Guriev, he is the uh he, he <laughs> oh, is yeah. the third period hero uh he he gets a puck through traffic uh with the assist going to Todd and Castles makes it a 2-2 tie game Todd uh, in crunch time uh, you know, third period again. Third period is another period where the where the shark where the sharks the barracuda uh, were heavily out shooting the 
the Bakersfield Condors. They were all over him. I think Bakersfield had four shots on goal in the third period. Um, to the to the Barracuda seventeen. Um, you know, it was, it sucks. Like the Barracuda again, and you know, the story of this game is Olivier Rodriguez, who I think was just absolute ridiculous. Like he just made some, stupid saves. If Edmonton had that type of goaltending, they would be, like, winning the President's Trophy in the Cup. <laughs> yeah, and, like, it's it's weird, right? Because, it, but the other thing, I mean, they have Jack Campbell down there, too, and he's been really good of late, too. Like, yeah. the, the, the Condors, you wouldn't, you know, I, I you wouldn't know it from tonight's game, but they, they've been on kind of a terror uh, as of late, and based, and it's been a lot because of the goaltending of both Jack Campbell, who has kind of found his game, at least in the AHL. I don't know uh, how soon he will, you know, they're going to want to call him up to the NHL. Three years left on that deal. Anyways, keep going. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and Olivier Rodrigue, who is just unreal tonight. And that's been kind of the story in Bakersfield. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so in, so this, goes, this game goes to overtime, which is uh, bad The news. death zone for the CUDA. <laughs> the Barracuda <laughs> just has, they haven't been able to win in overtime. And you know what? The reason they haven't been able to win in overtime is they keep taking penalties. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. I mean, it's it's right on the head, right? Uh, John, we'll get your question in a second. Yeah. So basically, the Barracuda win a faceoff, um, but then they immediately lose. They kind of bobble the puck, and then they, you know, take it to the net. Castles takes a penalty. I think that he has to take. Yeah, like it's one of those I... situations where it's a penalty you have to take. I would just like the, to challenge the CUDA to not take a penalty in the first, like, 10 seconds of a period. <laughs> right. It, it's And it's it's unfortunate, right? Because I think, like, I, I don't want to be, like, overly critical of Castles because I think it's sometimes, like, there's sometimes there's just penalties that you need to take, right? Yeah, no, Guy going sure. towards your net at a million miles an hour, that's a, an overtime, like, that's a penalty you take. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, like, after that, that's all the fa- the Barracuda had to show for the the overtime though was a yeah. one face off. Everything else, it was all Bakersfield. Um, you know, Bakersfield applied a lot of pressure, and uh, <laughs> Lindblom's goal was was pretty sweet. The the angle shot. I don't know how Lavoie picked that corner. No, me neither. That was that sick. It was he's so been on a tear good. though. He's really good. Yeah, he. I mean, he he had a really good showing at the yeah. at the All Star game too. I thought. Like, he's going to be a good player for the Oilers. Like, that was a good shot. Like, damn. Yeah. Uh, you know, so unfortunately, the Barracuda do fall in this one by a score of 3-2. to two. Um, They are now really bad. Um, I had their record in front of me. Where is it? Uh, they are now... What are they? They are 14 22 Eight and O on the season, send good for thirty six points. Uh, send pickles down there. He'll he'll make the record. Down there. He'll, <laughs> he'll, he'll make the record the a tad better. I'm joking. Um, yeah. uh, which puts them, unfortunately, you know, um, again, like they the the run they would have to go on to get back into this thing. It would be pretty, would be pretty impressive. But they they're behind now by ten points. It's behind. Some, I, these same Bakersfield Condors for seventh place. Please prove me wrong, Kuda, but I don't think they're doing that run. No, I don't think so either. I mean, again, right? Like you have games like tonight where I think obviously you like you, you would hope for more. And I think, it, you know, look at, uh, you know, it does need to be say like this is a very depleted Barracuda team. 
yeah. they've lost a lot of players either to the parent club or to injury or illness. Yeah. Um, you know, tonight Gushkin's still out injured, Bordalo's sick, didn't oh, make the trip. They, they missed Gushin in this game, and they yeah. missed Bordalo. Like, I feel like this would be a completely different game if you had two. I know Bordalo's not necessarily a finisher, but like Gushkin, who can actually finish and yeah. beat those type of goalies that are kind of hot. And then, like, one of the things that I kind of liked about the Barracuda this team, uh, this year, sorry, gets, you know, gets kind of messed up because uh, Leon Gavanke, um returns home to Germany. For those that don't remember, um, he was acquired uh, in a trade for Artemi Knyatsev, uh with the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. Um, he had signed with... Now, Gavanke is an interesting story because he had signed with with uh, my understanding is he had signed with uh and this is from kevin lacy that he had signed with adler Mannheim, which is in the del the german hockey league uh he had signed there in the off season and then after the trade decided to stick around and give it another go right because uh the one thing with um with gavanke is he hasn't actually played an nhl game in his time being in north america um so i think he thought you know hey look at the san jose sharks are uh a pretty bad team. Maybe Shitty I have a team. chance to to get some NHL action in. And then Mike Greer goes and signs every seventh defenseman on the planet. Hey, when you can sign a Kyle Burrows to like four years, you must sign you Kyle must Burrows it. to four years. So what I will say about Gavanka, I think he just like, I don't really think this was kuda culture. I think this was like, he did not get a shot in the NHL. And I think, and what are you playing for at this point, right? Yeah, like, like if you had already you wanted for? to go home. Yeah, I don't I don't feel bad, right? So yeah, so anyway, he he sticks around in North America uh and then you know, played up until now and then basically asked to terminate his contract in order to go home. Uh in 38 games played, Gavanke had 8 goals, 19 assists, 27 points, uh 37 penalty minutes and was a minus 7 um, that was his stat line season. So, I mean, that's that's a big loss. I think he was, um, Patrick he Williams was so said he was like eighth for defensemen yeah, and scoring yeah. in the AHL. I'm curious how him and Mook did as a pairing and like those analytics. I'm mm-hmm. not a huge fan of analytics, but I would be curious because I really, like honestly, when they called up Mook, I was slightly hoping they would just call up Gavanke and Mook and just have them together in the NHL. Yeah. Because um, that would have been really cool. And, and I thought those two worked well together. But, uh, Greer had other ideas. Do you think do you think that Gavanke got a fair shake with the Sharks, like in the Sharks organization? No. No. I mean, I thought he should have at least I thought the Sharks should have at least given him a game and see what he's got. I know the defense isn't there, mm-hmm. but like I felt like there is something there, like for like a sixth defenseman maybe who plays no defense, but if you give him a stable defensive partner. Yeah, see, and I think that's the problem, right? Because I, I've really struggled with this since I think as after this happened, trying to figure out like my thoughts on it, because I know there's some people that are going to be like, oh man, the Sharks didn't give him, didn't even give him a chance. But I think, you know, I think you hit something right on the head though. He's not very good defensively. He's horrible defensively. And here's the thing. He needs a steady defensive partner. Mm-hmm. And in the Sharks' current system up in the NHL, Putting a purely offensive dynamite is kind of a risky move. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like here, here's the thing. So here's here's my questions, right? Is is that if you call him up, and here's the other thing too, right? So if it doesn't work out and you have to send him back down, guess what? He's going through waivers. 
And he's not clearing those. And he's probably not clearing. <laughs> Someone will grab him and send him. Like, even if they don't want him for their NHL club, they will grab them and grab him and then send him to their farm team. Yeah. Right? And then you've just given away a play. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think the Sharks did bad by him. And I know I'm going to get some crap for this. I'm sure there, there will be... There will be, I mean, you know, comments yeah. about this because I, I know there's some people that really wanted to see kind of Gavonke get a shot. And it's hard because, again, like, you know, you have to look at the business side of this, too. Yeah. And if I, you I mean, now he's gone home, so it doesn't matter. But I mean, it would be equally as bad to lose him to, let's say, a division rival like the Ducks, who would I'm 100 percent grab him. And what Johnson in the chat? Yes, it mm-hmm. is hard to be a six defenseman if you're a defensive liability it's hard to be a defenseman in general when you're a defenseman unless you're like you know but even even him being a defensive liability i still felt like the Sharks should have at least tried to give him a shot yeah just see what happens worse comes to worse your plus minus gets, gets severely worse and you lose a game i just don't know if the offense is i just don't know if the offense would translate to be good enough at the nhl level to make up for the defensive yeah. deficiencies that's that's the part no, I, that i, I struggle that. with the most yeah. is would would the offensive punch be better than like would he be better than kaylin addison would he be better probably than not. ty emberson no right they, he, and that's probably the problem not and yeah no that's i i see where you're going with that Ty emberson is a fucking gem and kaylin addison is basically leon gavanke so He's a better Leon Gavanke. Yeah. So I just, to me, like, that's the problem, right? Like, it's like, did the Sharks give him a fair shake? I think they did. No. I, uh, maybe, yeah. maybe it won't be popular, but I think they did because I think. In, I can in see the role, your viewpoint on it. You would play yeah. him in. He's not better than Kalen Addison. He's not better than Ty Emerson. Like, he's, I, I look at, you can be like, oh, well, you know, they play Kyle Burrows. And yes, oh, okay, I will concede. I don't <laughs> okay. like Kyle Burrows very much. They play Nikita Hotuk also, guys. <laughs> and another guy who I'm not a fan of, but I don't know. For the role that he would be asked to play, I don't think he's better than the guys that are currently being asked to play that role. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, again, I'm the type of person that's like, see what you have and make a decision from there. If it translates, it translates. I, again, I, I'm not sure if the offense would have translated, but at this point, we're never going to know. Uh, um, John asking in the chat, do we think that uh, Radim Shimmick plays in the NHL next season? I'm sure some contender is going to sign him to like a league men contract. I feel like, here. here's my thing. I think that he would be in the NHL right now if he wasn't making two and a half million dollars. Oh, a hundred percent. That yeah, I, I, and, I, yeah. I think that someone would have like maybe the sharks like not that not that the sharks don't like not that the sharks would be playing him in the NHL with salary cap, but like he would have never cleared waivers if he was a cheaper defenseman. Like I feel like, like he's a guy I could see Brad Tree living sign in Toronto next year for a leagueman contract. Maybe yeah, I I, I think that you know? I I think Radim Shimik is a perfectly serviceable. He's just not a perfectly serviceable guy for what you get from him in this cap environment for two and a half million. Speaking of Radim Shimik, I don't know if we did a show since this happened, but uh, Radim Shimik was named captain of the Cuda. Yes, he was. Uh, thoughts on that? I mean, I thought it's well deserved. We all praised him last show. He mm-hmm. seems like he's leading this team the best he humanly can. Uh, and I think that was the right choice. I think, you know, Shimmick, you know, probably is mentoring Mook in some sort of capacity and 
paying off. Yeah, I like Redemption Mick. I mean, I'm I'm sad that it didn't work out, and it's it's unfortunate, right? Because I think injuries have obviously been an issue for for Shimmick, unfortunately, and then. You know, sometimes it it's a situation where you end up injured, and then other guys kind of just take get your to spot, run, your, run with your spot, right? And I feel yeah. like that's unfortunately what happened with Radim Shemek was just, you know, the injury issues got to be too much, and then someone took his spot. Um, and again, I I feel like if if he was a guy who wasn't making, if he was a guy making a million dollars, I think he's playing in the NHL. He would have gotten yeah, and he would have gotten claimed through waivers. I I don't think the Sharks sent him down if he's making like 750 or 825k yeah um but yeah no i mean props to shimmick i think he it's well deserved um and hopefully you know he goes next year somewhere yeah where he can actually play in the nhl because he's an nhl like caliber defenseman i don't think we can argue that no i, I yeah I, again um I, I like Radim Shimmick. I think he's done a great job for this Barracuda team. From all accounts, he's been uh, he, he's been you know he's he's been a good leader. He's been uh, he's been he's a been bright a spot, bright spot on this team. I think he's been good on this team. I think that you know when we talked to Nick Nolenberg earlier in the season, you know he said that you know he'd been a complete professional about it, which is obviously what you want to hear. Um, yeah, about a guy in his situation, like it's. You know, there's there's a few people on this team that I think, you know, Oscar Lindblom's another guy. That's not where they want to be. It's not where they envision themselves being at this point uh, in their career. But they've, you know, they've managed to to make the most of it and be a, a positive, positive impact on the team overall. And I, I think, you know, you can do a lot worse than that. No, for sure. 100%. But yeah. Also, guys that are coming into the CUDA like towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Like maybe we see like uh, Furlong, who could very much so help this defensive corp. <laughs> um, or it's just unfortunate we... because like I think some of these guys are going to come, but by this point that season's going to be so over. I know, but it's still nice to see what you have in them. Sure, you know what I mean. Like seeing Jake Furlong, like w- he's kind of an underrated type guy. Now, will it translate to the NHL? Maybe I don't know. That depends if that depends on a lot of factors, but like seeing a guy like Jake Furlong or uh, maybe Cameron, L- I will. That depends if Lund signs his ELC. Uh, Musty Cagnoni, actually Cagnoni might have a problem with that, but like maybe Smith signs and he has a few games in the. I don't think Smith is going to sign, but there's see, guys I don't, coming. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think they're in any rush to to get any of their guys right now. No, the only guy that I could maybe see getting a few stint Beastead is definitely going to take some stints with the AHL once the oh yeah once the season yeah I can once see that. the SHL uh, Musty maybe I mean that dude's on a fucking tear as an eighteen year old in the OHL he's just putting up ridiculous numbers Holtman but yeah. the guy needs to not just shoot the puck <laughs> um, but yeah. It's hard, so, right? Because like Holden, there's, there's a lot of things I like there. I just, but I, I do get concerned. Just like when you start shooting against a better caliber of goaltender, it's going to be really. I'm fascinated. To I mean, see. that goal he had today was just ridiculous. Stupid. Yeah. If, For if, those if, who didn't see that goal, go check. I think Ian retweeted. It. I retweeted, it, and I think I, I retweeted on the the Teal Town account as well. Um, you yeah. His just he looked off and then shot it, and it was just it was a ridiculous. It, it was ridiculous. But like my point is, there are some prospects who are coming in who maybe can like give the like something worth watching for by the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Beastead or Furlong, I'm not entirely sure. But uh, you know, maybe Musty even comes over. 
but yeah. Yeah, so John's saying, you know, I think both have to play their way out of their current situations for the team call. You know, 100%, right? I think that's that 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 that's true for both um for both Chimic and uh and and Lindblom. I just feel like, you know, oh, I don't Schimmick see a situation where I just path. I think that, you know, David Quinn is just like he just doesn't want to use them. I don't think that there's. I don't think Shimmick. There's. There's. I don't think there's anything Shimmick could do uh, that would get him back on that Sharks team. I'm also not entirely sure Quinn's behind the bench with because of his hip replacement surgery. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like I don't know. There's so many like question. Like this team is also just bombarded with injuries, and so are the Sharks. And like that's not an excuse. That's a fact. Oh, no, for 100%. Yeah, 100%. Like, I think when you look at the Barracuda season, I think that there's there's definitely things that I think you have to say to be, to just not be hyperbolic, right? Like, it would be it would be dumb to, like, not look at the injuries that have ravaged this team. It's it, Look at the call-ups, right? Like, I think when you brought in guys like, like Justin Bailey and Ryan Carpenter, you know, you brought them in because you might need them in the NHL, but they were supposed to be on this Barracuda team. They were supposed to be on the Cuda team. I love Justin Bailey. Like, he was supposed to be helping out this Cuda team. Uh, Carpenter. Carpenter. See, Carpenter, when, when, when Ryan Carpenter was signed, I thought that was the, the captain. Oh, yeah, me too. Because, yeah, he knows McCarthy, you know, their buds or whatever. Like, I, I thought that was it. But, but, like, this team is just ravaged with injury. And they didn't have Robbins for a solid chunk of the yep. season. <laughs> And he's another guy that doesn't get talked about enough, but like you know, he's a guy who's probably caps out fourth line, third line center in the NHL. But like you know, a guy that could really help the Cuda. Uh, but he's not gonna carry your team. He's gonna just—he's a very good supportive cast. He's not the main cast. Yeah, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, also Cardwell. I think, and here, and here's the problem, right? Like, I think you know, and I think it's important because I think you have to because that's part of the story for sure—the injuries and everything else. But then again. And not that it was, like, a overly a problem tonight. Like, I think the Barracuda took four penalties this whole game. But they were all at the worst time. But they all came at the worst possible time. <laughs> You're not wrong. The, the worst fucking time to take a penalty. The Cuda were like, ah, yes, we're going to take a penalty. You know, and I and I, we had we were looking for this stat last game, uh, or last show that we did. And I believe it was Michael Molasses gave us the stat. F- five <laughs> games this season. In five games this season, the Barracuda have had a multi-goal lead that's two or more and then lost. Yeah, because right? when your defensive scheme is one, let's just chase people around, you're not going to win a lot. Brother. And that's and that's what I and that's kind of the point, right? It's like it's like, yes, the injuries are part of the story for sure. But I still feel like the coaching is not good on this team. At this point, I'm just hoping that Kuda actually changed their head coach because I know Mike Greer sounded super happy with him at that conference or whatever. But like, let's be honest, what is he gonna say? <laughs> right. You know what uh, I, mean? I think the HL teams. I mean, it'd be. I think refreshing. the HL teams fucking garbage. Right. And yeah. McCarthy like, doesn't know that. his shit, and I was not the guy who hired him. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, and like maybe a new coach gets Martin Kaut back over here and Sasha Shemilevsky back over here. Uh. Shemlovsky is not... an interesting one because I just I wonder <laughs> like what again right like it's when you when you look at things that are like kind of warning signs for this team it, it when they were talking about him getting interest from NHL teams and none of those teams were the Sharks that is true like honestly I would not be surprised if a team like the Avs trades for him well, on the deadline 
Yeah, and I think my point is like it just it makes you wonder again. Like, is this is this is this he's not are the sharks not interested because they know he doesn't want to be like he does not want to come here again. Like, he or is it maybe back. just not Mike Greer's guy? Because be. Mike Greer has shipped out so many Doug Wilson Junior. Doug Wilson picks. True. Like so many, <laughs> and yeah. probably more with this coming trade deadline. Um, racist fan rock saying, I hope the Cuda go after the Czech, uh, junior national team head coach. I have, to, I just don't think go after somebody, man. Like I, I would just... just like anyone other than McCarthy. And honestly, if Ryan Rosowski was not an assistant head coach in the NHL right now, I would say get McCarthy, look at McCarthy. No, get Rosowski down there immediately. Yeah. Like I just, it's, like, it's hard, right? Did you, um, did you listen to, um, Shang's podcast with, uh, Justin, with, um, I did not HLG. have a chance to because mm. I started my college, but I've heard it was quite blunt and honest, and I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a really, it was a really good interview. So, um, for those that that want to watch it, it's the SJ Hockey Now podcast. Um, apparently, I'm doing free ads for for other podcasts now. <laughs> uh, but um, if you, he, they we, did a, we, we an interview Jake. with um, what's his name? Who? Oh, Halfwall. No, HL, um, the HL guy. I can't. I can't believe I'm blanking on his name right now. I feel like such a jerk. He's like one of my favorite people. Patrick Williams. Oh yeah, NHL. yeah, yeah. NHL.com it does a bunch of eight, like pretty much like the guy for for AHL coverage. Um, and you know, it I, it was nice because I was like listening to I listened to their their interview with him, and I thought that it was really good for one. I, I suggest anyone going and, and, and listening to it. Cause I thought he had some really good insights and he said a couple of really interesting things that stuck with me. Uh, one sure was so. that, you know, the, the some teams are there are, are in the AHL to win and some teams are just there that. to develop players and they don't care. Are about we saying the else. CUDA are there to develop players? Well, I'm not saying that, they, you <laughs> know, I would argue that also. <laughs> I, I, I would argue maybe they don't do either very well, but I, you know, it's like, it does, it does make me wonder though, because I've always kind of had this suspicion. And again, I don't know anything. I'm not there. I'm not at the games. I'm not behind the bench. I don't hear the the chit chat. I'm not, a, I'm not around the team. Right. And I always try to oh, emphasize yeah. this. Like He's I'm a jerk off on secretly. a YouTube channel. <laughs> I'm not media. Um, um, I will say this though. It is a new regime. Like, mm-hmm. Mike Greer has only had really, like, a year to develop 100%. what he kind of wants. So, again, I wouldn't be surprised if, it, if like, this, these, like, the CUDA aren't there to win. Mm-hmm. But with Mike Greer, it feels like that might change. Yeah. Um, he, you know, and I think the thing that Patrick Williams said about the, about John McCarthy was that, oh. you know, it's like he doesn't have, like, it's harder. It's something, and something that we've we've said too on this show is like it's when you're trying to sign the. It's you know you want to have the a good situation for the kids to develop in, but you need the, to surround them with decent vets too. And if you look at a lot of the teams that are successful, there's a good mix of. It's not just all oh this team has you know x number of amazing prospects and now they're the best team in the HL. Like there's always a good mix of those guys. And John McCarthy doesn't really have that. Have that the shark, like, I I think they would have had that if the Sharks were not completely bombed with like eight injuries to start the season. Right, and that's the other thing too, right? But it, it was interesting though because like he didn't as much as he was, you know, like this is the situation, kind of like we said earlier on the show. You know, it's like this is the situation. This is a, 
he said from people he's talked to like there hasn't been like an overwhelming i don't know maybe i'm misrepresenting this but it, he like there wasn't a like strong, a no fire mccarthy chant basically the, you're basically saying. you know people aren't saying like he's the problem but there wasn't a strong from people he's talked to there wasn't also a strong feeling like that he should stay either okay i mean i i should probably listen to this podcast um not gonna lie i've just been busy but like what i will say is that like if the kuda want to win i'm not sure mccarthy's the right coach if the kuda want to develop they actually got to prove to me they want to develop and i I will give them props I, I, and I know people are going to say, Ian, they just built them a damn arena, but like, <laughs> and arenas are expensive and I understand this. Um, I want to see them kind of spend some money on the Barracuda. Like, I want to see them, like, again, I want to see, I want them to bring in, I like, want them to bring, bring in coaching. In, huh? Yeah, bring in coaching, bring in, like, some good AHL veterans. Mm-hmm. That have been demolishing the lead. Like the it's guy, it's hard though because here's the problem, is... right? On AHL money, it's hard to bring those guys to the Bay Area and be like, "Hey, you know, why don't you play here and have your dollar go this far when you could play in somewhere yeah. in the East?" Right? But like the Ontario. Okay, this is a bad. Like they got the guy, guy Tyen. Mm-hmm. Like, try to. I think he's on expiring deal. Take a shot. Take a swing. Yeah. Like. He's a good guy to have on a if you're trying to develop. And if a guy like Musty is coming over next year, don't you want him learning from someone like that? Yep. Yeah. Again, you know, and again, it's it, the injuries obviously have been a factor. Um, also, yeah, if we get Selbrini now, he's probably not going to play in the NHL. But if we get Selbrini, you don't want your if God forbid you have to send him down or anything, something happens for your HL to be team to be jack garbage. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. he's not going to be playing in the AHL, but that was a really dumb comparison. But like any of their defensive prospects don't have them yeah, playing in like shitty defensive junior. system. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that we've, um, I think we've got a good bow. Um, I think the story of this game was uh, Romanov good, Rodrigue way better. <laughs> hey, be nice to Romanov. We love Romanov. I like Romanov, man. Yeah, they did, like John's saying, like, they did have Lindblom, Schimmick, Carpenter. Yeah, and then, you know, and a guy like Justin Bale. Like, they did have vets. The problem is, is that, you know, obviously injuries have played a factor, have have pulled some of these guys off. Um, I like Ryan Carpenter a lot. I think he's, like, the the perfect tweener, AHL, NHL tweener yeah, guy. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, but, you can play on your fourth line in the NHL and be, like, your but, top yeah. one center in the AHL. And they had vets last year, and they all bolted. That they did. Um, I, but again, again, but yeah, I, you I know, know, I do, I do think it it deserves to be said that when look at, I I don't live in the Bay Area, but from what I understand, it's incredibly expensive to live in the Bay Area. And when you're <laughs> when you're making AHL money, it might just be it might you know like would you you might want to play like for the Erie Monsters instead, where your dollar probably goes a lot further. Yeah, no, and, like, we don't know what dragged those veterans away. We can assume it was the culture or whatever, uh, but it could have also just been pure money. I was able to see a game at Kignoni Live. That dude's going to... (laughs) Yeah, he he struggles to play physically. Yeah, I mean, look, I I think it's one of those things, right? Like, Kignoni's a guy who has an interesting tool set that that I'm 
that I'm interested in. But again, I think that's a that's a lot of junior guys, right? And that's how they learn. Uh, they they hit the AHL wall. Uh, we've seen a lot of players do it. Um, I thought that uh, yeah, Bordolo no one's expecting yeah, no one's expecting Cagnoni to come in here and blow it up. Yeah, I'm fully expecting him to struggle at the start, but. Yeah. That's a discussion for later, maybe at a future podcast. For Shizzle. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, we have we have gone on love. I want to thank everyone for uh, showing up. Obviously, um, the shark's not doing anything. Content's been a little light on this channel, so I thought, hey, there's a Barracuda game. Let's uh, let's let's do an After Dark and see what happens. And I think we've done a good job. We're kind of getting out of here at the same uh, time as a as an After Dark. Would as get an out After of here. Dark. So yeah. I I feel like we did uh, very good. Yeah. Um, all right, guys, uh, in case you missed it or want to watch this again, you can always find this on our YouTube channel. You can always find this uh, on the uh, YouTube channel as well, the YouTube channel, sorry, at tealtownusa.com. Uh, you can always find us anywhere you get your podcasts from. And if you want to help us, the best way to help us is hitting the like button, hitting the subscribe button. If you're not already and you want more sharks and barracuda content, um, and if you are on a podcast app that lets you leave us a review, then, you know, uh, reviews are good. I, five stars are nice reviews. Obviously, we would prefer the five stars, but I also like constructive criticism. So if there's something that you think that we suck at and want to give us a one star, maybe we can learn from that to, to earn the five stars down the road. We didn't um, mention Ethan Cardwell. That'll get us the four star. Right. Michael no Molasses is probably yeah. plotting my death in the Discord as well. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, we really appreciate you guys being here, and we hope that you guys have a fantastic evening.